following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the huge show across Michigan. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use promo code HUGE to get the hookups. That's code H-U-G-E when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app and get in on the action. College basketball, the NHL, NBA, pro golf, NASCAR, and more. NBA action is waiting for you. Use code HUGE to get the promo hookup when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the huge show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. Good afternoon, Michigan. Thanks for tuning into the huge show. This is not huge. Bill's on vacation this week. This is Jeff Risden sitting in for him. Uh, I am flying solo today for the rest of the week. Mr. Eric Zane will be sitting in here, and he and I will be doing the shows together, and it will be it'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to this. Producer, producer Brett, one of the greatest producers in the history of radio, just gave me a, a very wry smile. He's looking, he's looking forward to the dynamics between Zane and myself uh, because uh, we're, we're slightly different people. And uh, it's going to be very fun to see how that plays out. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Zane and I have, have some fun things planned for y'all. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we're uh, grateful to be sitting in. Thank you to Bill. Um, hopefully, uh, again, I cannot confirm or deny that he is doing the, the Aaron Rodgers darkness treatment. Uh, if he is, I just hope that it, it works out for him um, in, a, in a better way than it does for Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. Um, Bill should be back next week, provided he comes out the other side. Okay. We're going to talk some more football because that's that's what I do. Uh, I am the co-host of the Detroit Lions podcast. I cover the Detroit Lions for Lions Wire USA Today. Uh, I've also been the managing editor for the Browns Wire and the Texans Wire, which leads me to having my fingers on a lot of different teams. And the man who's going to join us now is somebody else who's got his fingers over a lot of different teams across the NFL. My good friend Mark Schofield from SB Nation is about to join us. And Mark, I, I got to give it up for Mark. He is one of the the smartest, shrewdest people on the face of the earth, and he gave up being a lawyer to be a sports writer. So I, I, I'm still kind of curious as to how that balances. But Mark, thank you very much for joining us on the Huge Show. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well, Jeff. I too am emerging from three days of darkness, my own little darkness retreat, and I can tell you. Um, life does look a little bit brighter when you come out of this, so I do wonder if Aaron Rodgers will feel the same way when he emerges from his darkness retreat. But, my friend, it is a pleasure to be with you. Excited to be here, buddy. How are you doing? Uh, it's great. And, and, by the way, we will be, uh, next week, we will be together in Indianapolis at the Combine. Uh, it's the big annual gathering. And producer Brett and I were just talking about uh, Brazilian steakhouses in the break, and you and I have a date with a bunch of other people down there next week for one, do we not? We do. 
Um, and I'm very curious to see, although he will not be joining us, our good friend John Ledyard won't be in Indianapolis this year, but John last year at Fogo Chow, the Brazilian Steakhouse, he's the first person I have ever met who actually beat the Steakhouse, because everybody that's been there knows you have that little red and green card that sits in front of you. If you haven't flipped a green, you still want food. He left it up. He kept going until late into the night, and they stopped giving him food. And, Jeff, the best part is they brought out what I like to call the closer, the Mariano Rivera of the Brazilian steakhouses, which is at the end, myself, uh, John Ledyard, and Owen Reese, uh, we still had our cards turned green. They brought out and dropped like a filet on each of our plates, trying to say, look, you know, you all got to go. You know, you can't go home, but you can't stay here. John ate all of ours. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and I tapped out. John kept going, and they just stopped giving him food. So I don't know if we'll see a repeat performance like that from any of us, but we're going to do our best. We, we will certainly give it a try. And, and by the way, um, so we have a lot of fun with the same group of people most years in Indianapolis. One year we went to TGI Fridays when they had their unlimited apps, and Ledyard pretty much put that place out of business. Um, he ate at least 150 pot stickers. No exaggeration. I, 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 Jeff, I have to believe that at some dining establishments, at least on the East Coast, maybe in his hometown in Pennsylvania, there's a do not serve this man sign with John Ledger's face on it, because you're right. He will eat places into bankruptcy. And it's impressive every time I see it. One year we were down at Mobile, and I know this is fantastic radio for everybody listening, but one year we were down at Mobile <laughs> at the Holiday Inn Breakfast Buffet. They basically had to shut it down because of him. They said, look, we're out of eggs. We can't go anymore. I mean, he's, it's impressive. And my favorite legend story is the first time I saw him. It was down at Mobile for the Super Bowl. We were at Saucy Q's, the barbecue joint. Oh, my goodness. goes to for Legendary. And, and Ledyard walked in, and I thought to myself, it was my first time down there. I'm like, this is great. The players that are in the senior bowl come here because John Ledyard looks like he could probably strap it up and, and you know test pretty well for a defensive end. He does. Um, so we're going to be in Indy. Before we go to the steakhouse, we're going to be looking at the guys that are playing. And, uh, Mark, you are a former quarterback in college. You, you were one of the, the foremost quarterback experts uh, we just had Scott Bischoff on talking about Anthony Richardson. So we, we've kind of covered him. Uh, and actually, I don't know how you feel about Anthony Richardson, so maybe we'll ask that in a minute. But your thoughts on which quarterback, going into Indy anyways, um, has the most to gain by being down there and also the most to lose? I mean, I think the easy answer, Jeff, is Bryce Young. And you could probably, if they were to do it this way, to set it up this way, make his sort of weigh-in measurement a pay-per-view event. Oh, 100%. And the reason, the reason for that is this. Watching him on film, like he checks a lot of boxes from what you want to see at the quarterback position, particularly in today's NFL. But the question for him is, he, is he, and this is the way I kind of phrase it, is he an outlier or is he the outlier? Because if he comes in at, say, 5'11", 200 or so, 205, even like 195, it's like, okay, you're an outlier, but you're in the sort of Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield spectrum of size where players that have measured that way can still go first in the overall and they can still go in the first round. If he comes in at, say, 5'8", 170, again, that's a wild speculative guess there. But if that's what ends up happening or something close to that, he's not just an outlier. He's like the outlier at the quarterback position in recent history. That's going to be a big deal. And the reason that is, is I remind people this all the time. The people in the building, the men and the women making these decisions come draft time, 
they have jobs that they want to keep. And if you are, say, Chris Ballard, and we all know that the Colts have to fix the quarterback position. They've said as much that, hey, we know we got to fix it. Their owner even said, hey, that <laughs> the owner basically let the cat out of the bag that they are taking quarterback yeah. with their first round pick. Yeah, I mean, we, that's what they got to do. So you've got to get it right. If you give up the draft capital, it would take even to get from four to one to draft a guy that comes into the combine and measures my size. That's not a job saving type of decision if it doesn't pan out because your draft is the outlier. Now, if he comes in like 5'11", 205, and he's you know consumed as much water as he got his hands on in Indianapolis to make that weight, it's still, <laughs> he's an outlier, but it's within the reasonable spectrum from what we've seen, and if it goes south, well, then okay, it's not that big of a deal. And so, Bryce Young, I know it sounds crazy. The, guy, the kid won a Heisman. He does everything so well. I don't know people say, well, does it really make that big of a difference? When you're talking about this could cost you your job, you're much more willing to come up and draft a guy that's in the realm, in the ballpark, than you are a guy that we haven't seen somebody that size at the quarterback position go first overall in a long time. No, we no, we haven't. And so my my, I'll give you an over under on his dimensions. Uh, I, I talked to somebody who uh, is at the same training facility as him, and I was given the number five nine and a half, one hundred and eighty seven pounds. At that, with those figures, it, it, do you think he can go number one? That's small. I mean, that's really small. And. Again, it gets us into it's not he's not an outlier. He's like the outlier at the position. It's a very risky proposition. If you're going to give up, you know, future draft capital, future first round picks, perhaps, you know, mortgage the future a little bit to do that, you have to be one hundred percent sure that he's the guy that can last. Now he plays the position extremely well. Yes, he does. They, they can run spread option. They can run spread formations and you know spread looks and you know do things to protect them. But the other thing is this: you're going to want to make sure you have a very good offensive line in front of them because the size will be an issue if you're going to you know have him play in the NFL. If you're the Indianapolis coach and Shane Steichen, you're going to use him in run game stuff like you did with Jalen Hurts. But you want to make sure you have a line as good as Philadelphia's. And if you're mortgaging the future a little bit, are you going to be able to put your best five in front of them? And you know, the Colts have some pieces on the offensive line, Colton Nelson, certainly. But that was a line that struggled last year. They struggled to protect Matt Ryan. And if you're going to drop, say, a 5'9", 185-pound quarterback behind that, and you've given up the opportunity to perhaps draft some offensive linemen and put them around him, that's a risky proposition to me. Yeah, that's a tough sell. Mark Schofield from SB Nation joining us here on the huge show. Uh, this is Jeff Risen sitting in with him. Let's go to the next quarterback in the line. Well, he could be the next quarterback in the line. C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Uh, give me your, your high and low for, for the Buckeye great. I really like C.J. Stroud, and I've liked him for a while. I mean... <laughs> I think he does a lot of things at the position that you like, works through reads, progressions, all that fun stuff, understands coverage rotations. You know, when you cloud the pitcher pre-snap, he can roll with that pretty well. I think we are in a sort of what have you done for me lately, recency bias kind of business. His last impression was a pretty darn good one, that game against Georgia, where I think – 
a lot of people said he's a stationary pocket type. I've heard a lot of people before that Georgia game say he's basically Jared Goff. He doesn't move, doesn't create, not explosive. He did that. He created outside the pocket. He created on the move against a very good Georgia defense and a team that went on to win the national title. And he took that team to the brink and, you know, some clock management stuff at the end probably cost him a chance to win that game. I think he's a very aggressive quarterback. And I'm not done grading everybody, but as far as prelim grades go, again, just one man's opinion. I'm not an expert. I'm not, you know. Don't sell yourself short, Mark. I'm just saying, though, the guy that I like the most from what I've seen, and I've, just, I've watched all of these guys that are going to be in Indianapolis with us, the guy I like the most is Trout. I've been very impressed by him. I know, look, people will then say two losses against Michigan, two losses in big games. And that game against Michigan this year, there were some moments when he was pressured where it sort of fell apart for him. I get that. But I think with what we saw against Georgia in a defense that is – thematically one of the toughest that you're going to see all year at the college level, he comported himself extremely well. And in this recency bias, what have you done for me lately kind of business, that's a great way to leave the college game behind. I think he really helped himself in that game. I'm with you on that one. Mark Schofield from SB Nation joining us. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do the near impossible. Sell me on Will Levis as a top 10 pick. (laughs) If you can. I mean, I can, and, and here it is. You know, it's interesting. I I hadn't gone back and watched him until the past couple of days as I'm really sort of getting all my, like, prelim work done for the combine. And you've heard a lot about how Will Levis, man, you can't draft this guy in the first round. You can't draft this guy top 15. There are some things to like about him. And I think the Josh Allen comparisons are interesting. Not that he could become Josh Allen or that he's the same type of player, but the flaws and the flashes that you see from him over the past two years, and I'll think I, i I'll come back to that point in a second, are similar to the flaws and the flashes that you saw from Allen. There are things about Levis that he needs to fix. There are times when he just says, look, this is the route that I'm going to throw on this play. It doesn't matter what's happening on the front side of the concept. We've got a three-by-one. I like my chances backside. And sure, I end up throwing a hitch route in the tight man coverage, and it almost goes for a pick six. He needs to clean that up. There are flashes where he works through reads. I need to see that more consistently. I think that there are other guys in this class that have the ability to solve problems in a much wider variety of ways, Anthony Richardson, for example, than he does. But that there there are moments when you can see him work through a concept, get to the backside day with the pressure in his face, trash in his feet, and ability to step into a throw, just flick it and put it where it needs to be. And so the thing with Will Levis is this. If you have a coaching staff that has developed quarterbacks before, if you have a coaching staff that has taken a sort of average quarterback and turned him into maybe a upper tier quarterback, Oh, oh, we got, we, got, we got that in Detroit, Mark. We got that in Detroit. Do you, do you, do you see where I'm going with this, Jeff? <laughs> like, if you have an offensive coordinator that has shown he can take a mid-tier quarterback and turn him into somebody that shows you flashes, like, say, Ben Johnson, it could work. Now, I'm still iffy on the idea of Detroit drafting the QB because how long is Ben Johnson going to be there? Now, do you think he's going to be there for another two years? If you draft a you know, quarterback X in this draft class, you'd love for Ben Johnson to stick with him, but he's probably getting a head coaching game next year. I know he's come back. That's great. But then you're going to talk about a rookie in his third offense in three years. That's 
always a little shaky for me. Plus, with where Detroit is in this first round, you might have to trade up to get one of these guys. And is it worth it at that point? I don't know. So that's the sales pitch on Will Levis. If you've got the staff that has done it before, if you've got people in the building that have developed a quarterback before, it can work. I look at... Carolina sitting there at nine. My good buddy James Dater, Panthers fan at SB Nation. Every time I mock Will Levis to the Panthers, he goes nuts. But that's a staff that's got some people that has done it before. Frank Reich has done it. Even Josh McDowell is part of the Darnold sort of coach player on the sideline. With them. like They've got the nucleus of coaching talent around him that could probably make it work. But you've got to be sure. It's one of those, if you're the GM, you walk into the offensive staff meeting room before the draft, you say, seriously, can the men and women in this room make Will Levis into what he can be? Give me a hundred percent positivity on that. If you're sure, that's what you can. That's what you can turn in the card with his name on it. If you aren't sure, or if you're a GM and you you don't think the coaching staff around him can get him there, that's the tougher sell. And that's that's one of the reasons why those jobs change often, yep. <laughs> especially in Carolina. Yep. All right, so you talked about the Detroit Lions. We're starting with Jared Goff. He's the, he's a the quarterback in 2023. No question about it. He played. And if he plays the way he did in 2022, he's going to be here a lot longer than that and making a lot more money. That leads to the question, though, he's the only quarterback on the roster. Now, I'm going to advocate for several different free agency backups to come in. A guy like Cooper Rush, maybe Andy Dalton, um, guys like that. But if I'm looking and I don't want to draft a guy early, and I've got you know a third-round pick, fifth-round pick, sixth-round pick, what quarterbacks in that area – would you be interested in if you're the Lions in taking as a guy that can maybe become your backup in time um, and possibly even someday take over for Jared Goff? Jake Hayner from Fresno State intrigues me. Um, I, I get very much the like Taylor Heineke vibe, competitive, physically tough. Has played through some some injuries. You know, he had an injury two years ago where his hip was basically just. You know, obliterated, but he still found a way to win against UCLA. Um, he's really intrigued me throughout this process. You know, I don't want to say Stetson Bennett. I'm trying with every fiber. Please of don't. Please don't. Say Stetson, Stetson Bennett. So I won't. I will just move on. Thank um, you. <laughs> from BYU, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Those are two players that I've sort of watched throughout this process and come away, you know, Hall intrigued you from sort of an arm talent standpoint. There were some throws that he made this year. You know, some of his feel and footwork in the pocket. His game against Utah State, he had a, a first and ten play where he's got pressure basically off the left edge, but where other quarterbacks might panic, he doesn't. He sort of stays in there. I think he's somebody that because of how sort of his postseason process has gone, he might be available, say, early day three if you want to go down that road. Hooker's got the injury. He's older. That offense, how well does it translate? Because they do so much stuff with these widespread formations and stacks and switch concepts that work on Saturdays, but you're not sure if they'd work consistently on Sundays. But again, that gets us to the offensive coordinator that's in the building. And, you know, there might be an opportunity for Ben Johnson if he sticks around or even just this year to get something out of Hooker when he's healthy. And so those are some names sort of later in this draft that intrigue me. Excellent. Appreciate that, Mark. Uh, Mark Schofield from SB Nation here. Tell the good people here uh, across Michigan what you've got coming up uh, at SB Nation and what we're going to have fun doing in Indianapolis next week. 
Well, Jeff, it is going to be fun next week in Indianapolis. Um, as for what I've got going, um, I'm going to have probably the four. I'm going to think. I think I'm going to do the four most important places in the in Indianapolis next week for those top four quarterbacks that we sort of referenced. For example, we know Bryce Young; it's the scale. But what about the other guys? What do they need to do? Um, I'm going to have a piece coming up probably early next week. Who is QB five? Because we've had this debate over the top four, but. Who's the top quarterback after that group? If we've also to call left around Stroud, Young, Levis, and Richardson as the top four, and then in Indy, look, get ready because you're going to see a lot of sports writers tweeting about you know shrimp cocktail and horseradish sauce and steakhouses because that's what happens. But I do believe Jeff, this is a year where finally we all get to go into Lucas Oil and see the workouts. You know, we haven't been able to do that. That's true in the COVID days. So. When we get these QBs throwing, I'll be there on Saturday night watching it and taking it all in and tweeting out some takes. So that will be fun, too. Appreciate that, Mark. Thanks so much for joining us today on The Huge Show. Thanks so much, my friend. Always a blast. See you next week, buddy. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, when, when we do go into Lucas Oil Field, we don't get in there very often. It's been four years since I've been in there. One thing to know, they don't have the heat on in there. It's cold in there. Those guys are running around in their, literally their underwear, uh, and it, it is not more than about 55 degrees in Lucas Oil Field. So keep that in mind. That's also one of the reasons why the guys in the stands are sleeping, because it's cold. It's nap time. It's not nap time right now, though, ladies and gentlemen. we got more huge show coming up. When we come back, we're going to have Anthony Broom with us, break down what happened in Ann Arbor on Saturday night with Michigan basketball, Michigan State basketball, when we're back on the huge show. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Huge here for my good friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now, after you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use code HUGE when you sign up to get the promo hookups. That's H-U-G-E. When you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can get in on all the action. College basketball, the NBA, NHL. Pro Golf, PGA Tour, NASCAR, and more. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that promo code HUGE when you sign up to get in on all of the action. That's code HUGE, H-U-G-E, when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And every night there's college basketball, the NBA, the NHL. If you're a soccer fan, like I said, pro golf on the weekends, Thursday through Sunday, and now NASCAR is back. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE when you sign up. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Do it for the love of money. 
Saturdays in February, 7 to 11 p.m. Winners choose $3,000 in premium play, $1,500 cash, or 1,500 entries into the February 25th drawing for a Chevy Camaro ZL1. For the love of money, $130,000 giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stamford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Oh, yeah. The sweet sound of Tool. That'll get you going for the afternoon drive going home, ladies and gentlemen. It is the huge show. I am not the huge one. I am Jeff Risden, sitting in for Bill this week. Uh, I am solo today. The rest of the week, Eric Zane will be in here pushing the buttons and taking care of things. And I wonder if we'll get some tool out of Eric Zane. We'll have to see about that. It'll be fun. Uh, had some great guests so far. We've got another one coming in now. And this one is somebody that I, I begged basically to come on with us today. Anthony Broom. From the Wolverine.com and the On3 Sports Network is going to talk with us here. Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. I uh, wanted to get your thoughts on what happened Saturday night. Um, just like a general overview of what it was like to be there and, and be covering uh, the, the basketball game between Michigan and Michigan State. Well, first off, I'll say um, there was no begging for me to be I'm happy to join. Uh, Thank you, sir. Always happy to, to mix it up with a fellow metalhead like yourself. So, um, yeah, I mean, the vibe, the vibe Saturday night was, I mean, it was one of the more uh, unique sporting events that I've been to because, you know, usually you get primed up for a Michigan, Michigan state game and it's, you know, it's the rivalry. It's, it's, it is, it is what it is. It is what it's, ha- what it has been. But Saturday was, was different, obviously, because we know the events of last week. It, everything suddenly became bigger than sports, and that that atmosphere was about, you know, for, for the Michigan State community and really just for the state of Michigan as a whole, coming together to kind of move forward in terms of just getting a shred of normalcy back. Uh, I thought that um, I thought that Michigan, as an institution, did a tremendous job in in kind of wrapping its arms around uh, its rival up the road. I thought the, um, all, all of the tributes on Saturday, the moment of silence, playing MSU's alma mater, uh, all of those type of things I thought were, uh, were classy and well done and, and, and top notch. And you know what? And, and as a result, I mean, we didn't know I mean, anyone who said, who, who thought they had a shred of an idea how that basketball game might play out uh, would, was lying to you because there's the human element that's involved in it. But you know, after all that too, the two teams gave us a pretty darn good basketball game too. So that was, uh, yeah, they did all things considered. It was, it was a great night uh, for, for this rivalry. Um, and then hopefully a turning point in terms of civility and those types of things as well. Amen to that brother. That was uh 
that was something to behold from from afar. Um, and you know, I, I don't have connections to either school, and just watching it from the outside was it, it was a powerful moment. It really was, and it came across the broadcast on TV too. I thought that uh, Gus Johnson and Jim Jackson did a good job of conveying that repeatedly throughout the broadcast as well. Uh, and let, let's talk about the game itself. Michigan, th- th- that game was back and forth. Nobody had control until the very end when Michigan sort of just pulled away. Um, your thoughts on, on how they ended that game and, and like what was the big turning point for you? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me is that, you know, that type of game, you know, Mich- t- uh, 10 of Michigan's 12 losses this year have been by six points or less. And it feels like they've been in those tight one possession games probably six, seven, eight times this year. So, and come up empty in those situations. So you, you get to the stretch run and you go, all right, well, there, we'll see what happens. I'll believe it when I see it. And, and what I saw was a team that, um, finally, finally, I mean, we're, we're talking, it's, it's almost late February here, but it, it was a growing up game for them. I mean, the freshmen stayed poised and made plays. Uh, Kobe Bufkin, the Grand Rapids guy, made the biggest shot of his career. Hunter Dickinson, you know, didn't have the biggest night on the stat sheet, but made big plays late when it mattered. Boy, that, um, that reverse pivot layup that he got, I thought was a huge point in the game. Uh, they really needed that, and he delivered after not having a good game to that point. Yeah, you know, the thing of it, too, is that they – and this has been a problem for them. Uh, they had such a hard time just getting a lead and and putting pressure on Michigan State. And finally, the floodgates just kind of kind of busted open for them. And, and for one night, again – Things are game to game with them right now. I mean, it's, it's we're sitting here. It's it's February twentieth, and Michigan's not on the NCAA tournament bubble right now, and it's not completely out of the question. They have to play themselves there, but you got to take it one one game at a time. And they are young, and, and to see them finally, you know, you asked what what led to that. It was a I wrote that it, it was a coming of age game for guys like Terrace Reed and and Kobe Buffkin and Doug McDaniel, and it, just the team. In general, um, I don't know if it's sustainable, but for one night, it looked pretty darn good. And you saw what it can be. And and I think there's a chance that they can kind of keep this team together going into next year. And I don't know what the rest of this season holds, but um, at some point, you have to apply the lessons, the tough lessons that you've learned throughout a season. And you know, on Saturday night, they were able to do that. And you know, as a result, you know, you keep your you keep your there's there's still a shred of, of a path to NCAA tournament bubble talk, but you at least keep yourself alive. You're not mathematically out of it, and that's that's the biggest thing. It's just kind of an ex, exhaling that you finally found a way to close out a basketball game. Yeah, uh, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take from your tone there that you don't think that there's any chance outside of um, a wild win in the actual Big Ten tournament, winning the tournament itself, they're gonna get they get in even if they win their final three regular season games and maybe one or two games in the tournament. You don't think that's a, a chance? Yeah, for me, I think the magic number is probably 19 wins for them. I think in this Big Ten, I, I think that that's kind of where what you're looking at, and for that to happen, uh, they're 15 and 12 right now. You've got three regular or four regular season games left. Three of them on the road, at Rutgers, at Illinois, at Indiana—all tough places to play. So uh, you got to get four wins somewhere. So it's a combination of whatever you don't get out of these last four games. You got to probably go get in Chicago to to be in the conversation. So for me, I mean, every time they've been in this situation where they show signs of life and you say oh well you know you grab this game you steal a game here maybe there's a path 
they come back and it's just kind of reverting back to, you know, being, you know, the old adage is you are what your record says you are. I think that's a very apt way to put what I've seen from this team this year. You know, they didn't, they didn't have any wins of note coming out of non-conference play. They lost to my alma mater in central Michigan. And that's Fire you know, up as bad a loss as bad a loss as any team on the bubble might have. So it's, it's an uphill battle. Um, I mean, like I said, it's not, completely out of the question yet we've seen teams get hot late but for them if they find a way to do it they will have earned their way there and that's that's just kind of the i guess that would be the silver lining of discussing the path as it well if they find a way to get there it's because they found a way to get it done um but right now i think the, the proof is kind of in the pudding and they have to they have to figure out a way to uh to bring some consistency which we'll see what's going on with jet howard and his ankle but it might be tough to sustain that without a guy who's you know a potential lottery pick so yeah I, I don't i don't know what what comes next for them it's, <laughs> it's fascinating to, to see what will happen that's why we watch the games anthony that's anthony broom from uh, uh wolverine.com on the on three network joining us talking some michigan basketball um you brought up so, so i'm a mac guy myself i went to ohio do you get any chance to watch any of the Mac at all anymore? Now I, I know you're engrossed with Michigan, and you know, like I get engrossed with the NFL, so I don't get a chance to watch the Mac basketball as much as I like to. Have you had any chance to, to peek down at the Mac at all this year? No, you know, I haven't watched a ton of Mac basketball, which is crazy because uh, when I was at when I was at CMU, I mean, I was I was in the student section, and, and CMU was actually pretty good for the few years that I was there. So you kind of kept an eye on the other games and the conference tournament. So I mean, unless like I watched Michigan play Eastern Michigan at, at Little Caesars Arena this year. I obviously saw Central at, at Chrysler Center. So that's that's kind of been the extent of <laughs> the action I've seen, which bums me out. I mean, I'm not I'm not exactly turning my back on my roots here, but it's uh, it, it is difficult when uh, you know a job like this. You kind of have to eat, sleep, and breathe um, the beat that you're on. So I wish I had time for more, but. Um, I feel like I'm already kind of drinking out of the fire hose, so to speak. <laughs> I know ex- I know exactly how you feel. Uh, I have not been to a, a Mac game this year, and I think it's the first year um, non-COVID related that I haven't been uh, in a very long time. And it's, it's kind of disappointing, isn't it? You, you like to, you know, sometimes it's nice to have the escape from your normal beat and just to be able to look out the window and, you know, not, not be on, quote unquote, all the time. And uh, I hope you get a chance to do that with something else other than basketball. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how that's how our jobs go, isn't it? <laughs> that's that is uh, that is part of it. Uh, there's always you know there's other things to you know sometimes and I think you could probably relate to this too. We we do so much sports that like when you when you close your laptop at the end of the day, you're kind of get opportunities to do anything else, especially if you know you you have a family and things like that. So it's uh, it's a fine line for sure. It is, absolutely. Uh, I want to ask you more, a general Big Ten question. Northwestern, they haven't been this good in since, like, my grandpa was a baby. Like, is are they legit? Yeah, the team's been pretty good. Um, and, and the funny thing is, you know, we talk about Michigan's resume. One of, one of their only, quote-unquote, signature wins right now is a road win that they had at Northwestern, which was, I believe, the last time that Northwestern lost. But that, that's correct. It was a game where uh, it was a game where Northwestern had played. It was their fifth game in eleven days. So, uh, yeah, that team's pretty good. And you know, it, it seems like it's happened a couple times in the last few years where um, you know people kind of lose their patience with Chris Collins, even at a school like Northwestern that's not a you know a, a traditional basketball power, but. Um, 
I think he's he's doing a he's doing a heck of a job there, and and that team right now is playing as good as any team in the conference. Um, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and suggest that the Wildcats have a chance to break the conference's streak of not winning a national championship, but right now they're just playing good basketball, and and they're a lot of fun to watch. So, yeah, I mean, this is uh, you know just looking through. I mean, I, I did something earlier today on seeding for the Big Ten tournament. Um, it's night to night right now. I mean, it's kind of Purdue, and then everyone else's seed is up for grabs. You have a school like Michigan that. You know, if you, like we like we said, if you find a way to get on a roll down the stretch here, you could still be one of those Friday teams that gets the double buy, one of the top four seeds. Or let's say you go one and three, and and, and kind of you know a bit of a tailspin. Don't get one, um, don't get one. You're maybe supposed to get against Wisconsin. You could be a Wednesday team now. So it's like that's that's the case for a lot of teams in this conference at the moment. It, so Michigan actually uh, has a path to get to that double buy. Yeah, they do. I mean, there are six. Wow. Uh, Michigan's sitting at nine and seven in conference play. I believe there are six teams within a half game of having one of those double buys. And then maybe eight or nine teams within a game and a half of that. And now we're running out of time here. Most teams have four games left here, but um, there's a lot to still sort out. I mean, that's wow. it's been one of the more wild, uh, I can't even say wild, but frenetic. It's been a frenetic season for Big Ten basketball. Uh, not as top heavy as it's, I mean, it's it's Purdue and everyone else. Usually there's a couple teams at the top, but everyone from that two to, you know, 11, 12 spot, they can, they can beat you on a given night. Yeah, we, we saw that with Maryland beating Purdue this past week. It's definitely going to be a fun finish to the, the college basketball season in the Big Ten. Anthony Broom from, from thewolverine.com on the On3 Network. Hey, I got it right. Thank you. Thank, thank you for joining me, Anthony. I appreciate you coming in on a short notice today, buddy. Oh, of course. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Great. Uh, it's going to be a fun finish, man. Like I, I, I watch a lot of college basketball as sort of a, a release just because I get tired of football. Like I watch football for a living. I want to do something else. There's basketball on in my house. I got kids to play. That's what we do. Uh, I actually watched Furman and East Tennessee play last night. That's how hard up and desperate I was because I was not watching the NBA All-Star game. Uh, and I don't really, I think they ran a race in Florida yesterday. I'm not sure. They might have, might have done that. Daytona? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I've heard that's a big race. I, that, that, sorry. But sorry, guys. That's forced off my radar. Just, just the way it is. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on in the world of the Detroit Lions. Uh, as I get ready to go to the combine next week, uh, special shout out quick. I know my daughter is about to play a middle school basketball game in Hamilton. Go, go city side chicks. Uh, all the other people driving down there. Good luck, Lizzie, today. We'll see you after break. Everything huge 24 7 at thehugeshow.net. Jack City, live on stage. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. They were at the top of their game, but when loyalty and trust takes a hit. DMV, man, we all we got. So the survivors. Get your $5 ass down before I make change. Starring Daddy K. Stretch from Naughty by Nick's Flex Alexander. The original G Money. Alan Payne. And Gary Dordain. February 23rd at the Boss Performance Hall. Ticket to Ticketmaster. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA 
on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan, available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, High School Sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Hey, Michigan, let's go big. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro wide receiver, and I'm talking real big-time winning on the hottest slots and table games on one incredible app. Eagle Casino and Sports. Sign up now and get up to $1,500. That's right. We'll match your first two deposits for up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. Get more for your money this week at Meyer. Right now, when you buy six select items, you'll save $3, including Prego Pasta Sauce, Dan and & Light and & Fit, or Oikos Greek Yogurt, and Meyer Food Storage Bags. Plus, Coca-Cola or Pepsi products are buy six, save $3, plus deposit where applicable. And pay the same low Meyer prices no matter how you shop, in-store or online. Get more for your money at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to the huge show across Michigan. Jeff Risden sitting in with with everyone today while Bill's on vacation this week. You get me today. Rest of the week, you get me and Eric Zane. It's going to be a fun week in here with Bill on vacation. Uh, again, no truth of the rumor, or maybe there is truth of the rumor. We don't know whether he's taking the uh, ayahuasca darkness retreat that uh, Aaron Rodgers went on. If, if you are, Bill, uh, you're probably not hearing this then. Uh, hopefully you come out the other side uh, a little a little happier more more often. That'd be great. So I got to talk. Uh, I, I made this comment. Uh, I have children that play basketball. Um, my, my son is a junior at Zealand East. My daughter is an eighth grader. And I wanted to talk about something that I've observed in the past couple of seasons in watching youth sports. And that's the officiating. And I'm going to go in a different direction than most of you think. I'm going to say, I dare say, the officiating has gotten better at the youth level. 
And it's something you know, huge has Mark, Mark Ewell in from the MHSA all the time. And we're talking about the need for officiating and it's still a dire need for officials. Please, if you're at all interested, check it out. Go to the MHSAA website and figure out how to do it. There are different uh, officiating uh, websites and associations around the state as well for football, basketball, volleyball, soccer, tennis, whatever you want to officiate. But I will say that the there it's it's been better. It really has. Um, it's not universally better. There have been some clunkers. Uh, those of you who are at the a certain Zealand East game know which one I'm talking about. But uh, I'll, I'll give it a, a Friday night. Zealand East at Mona Shores. That crew, and I wish I could remember their names, and I was going to write them down, and I didn't, unfortunately. They did a really good job. Like, they did they miss judgment calls? Absolutely. That's going to happen. That, that's, that's part of it. But they did a great job of maintaining the flow of the game. They were consistent. They were not, like, being... It, it, was, it, was, well, it was a well-officiated game. And I've seen a few of those this year. And I've even seen it at the middle school level. My daughter plays for Cityside Middle School in Zealand. Played at Muskegon last Wednesday. Officials up there did a fantastic job controlling a very physical game. I thought they did a great job. So I, I you're not going to hear that from a lot of people. But I will say... The officiating is getting better overall. Again, there are exceptions, and those exceptions, they stand out a little bit more these days because uh, it's very frustrating when it happens. But I'll tell you, um, and again, if you're interested, please, please, please do it. It's good money. It's real good money if you do like weekend tournaments and, and things like that. It's there for you. So, uh, again, please check it out at the MHSA website. Uh, and good job by the officials out there. Thank you for doing that. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot more Lions. Big. Bad. Huge.